Welcome to the HR Like a Boss podcast. I'm your host, John Bernadovich. Thank you so much for listening. Please consider liking, commenting, subscribing, and sharing with a friend. I've embarked on a journey to get to know amazingly awesome HR and business professionals with the hope to find out what it takes to do HR like a boss. On today's show, I'm delighted to be joined by Lori Kleiman. Lori and I were connected through a mutual acquaintance who was, I think, smart enough to realize the two of us had one major thing in common, which was our passion for human resources. I was delighted to get to know many of Lori's clients and her network as being one of her presenters a few months back. And for those of you who don't know Lori, she is the guru when it comes to an HR department of one, all things SHRM and all that expertise comes through Lori if you're an HR department of one. So Lori, welcome to the HR Like a Boss podcast. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here, John. It's great to continue our relationship this way. Fantastic. So for those that do not know you, do you mind sharing a little bit about your background, your career, and passion for HR? Yes. Well, my passion for HR really came from going to college thinking I would be an accountant and realizing just how boring that was and tried to find a place where I could combine my passion for people and my passion for business. And I think that really speaks to what HR is all about. So that's why I have that passion for HR. My career started in my family business, We had 250 employees in five states, and I did all the HR. Unfortunately, our business was commercial photography, and thanks to the iPhone or smartphones in general, um, there really is no business anymore in photography. So I started my own HR consulting company, which I grew to be about a million dollars in sales and sold that to Arthur J. Gallagher. A lot of people know Gallagher and stayed on and worked for them for seven or eight years. And then that corporate life wasn't really for me. So I left and as you said, became a sure noted expert for the small HR departments, generally less than 300 employees, but often 20 employees. And that's really the market that I love working with now is the small HR person doing it all. How neat. So when you were working in your family's business, were you an HR department of one at that time? Yes, I was until much like HR people listening to this today, um, I convinced them to hire a second person. But yes, I was an HR department of one. Absolutely. You have tremendous empathy and understanding for what your followers are going through every single day. And by chance, do you like, so how's your relationship with your accounting peers in the past? Like, because you initially thought you wanted to be an accountant, but then pivoted to HR, like, are you like the, their favorite HR person because you get accountants or, or not? Well, I certainly have an appreciation for what they do. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm their favorite HR person because I'm the kind of person, if the benefit bill is off by 15 cents, I'll just walk in and put a quarter on their desk and say, can we just call it even? Uh, <laughs> trying to figure out why it's off 15 cents is just not my thing. So I don't know if I'm their favorite, but at least I understand where they're coming from. As long as they don't write you a check back for 10 cents, I guess we're okay. They probably would. (laughs) Well, cool. 
Well, hey, I can't wait to hear your answer to this first question. I start out the podcast always because the the book, the podcast, HR Like a Boss is all about HR and it's a really purpose-driven concept, what what that means. So tell me a little bit about how you would describe the purpose of human resources. You know, I really do believe it's the one department in the organization who's responsible for bridging the business and business strategy to the people who are going to carry that out, whether it's our friendly accountants or the line staff or your quality staff, it's HR is the one department that's got their pulse throughout the entire organization. And that's why I really believe that HR people need to be business people first so they understand where the business is going, what the business's goals are, and be able to communicate and delineate that to the employees of the organization to get everybody going on the same page, rowing the boat in the same direction. Yeah, it's cool. The bridge, the conduit, the middle aisle, whatever term you want to use. And it's, I, I really appreciated when you were sharing that, the, the importance of the strategy. I think how is your organization different? How are they better? How can they compel customers and employees to be attracted to their company with some form of differentiator or competitive advantage is really, really critical. And getting people passionate about that is really awesome. Well, hey, so, so switching off of that gear and some of this persona or misunderstanding that may be out there or at least perception that exists, when I started doing some research on my book and getting prepared for a presentation around HR Like a Boss, I did this Google search on, on I hate HR, and I was staggered by how many pictures and memes and things that came back that, wait, this, this, I was not the only person that was thinking this. This was certainly a, somewhat of a popular topic. I'm just curious as to how you, providing all of your counsel and insight through your SHRM connections and all of your excellent HR consulting business experience and working in your family company, how can HR break down that stigma or that perception that many employees just do not like an HR professional or the department? You know, I think it's about the department. And so many large organizations have moved to what's called an HR service center model, where basically you want to work for a business where you have an HR person who's aligned with the goals, who understands where you're trying to go as an employee, what you may need to do to get there. But so many people today work in organizations where they're just calling a call center. Half the time, they don't have the right answers. I know that my kids, who are adults now, two of them work in very large corporations it's ridiculous what they get told by their HR HR departments. And um, my son, my son-in-law actually just had the HR service center quote an Illinois law completely wrong to him. And he emailed me and said, is this true? I'm like, no, it's not true. So then I reached out to my membership group and said, am I missing something? Because they just said there's a whole new law in Illinois. So I think that when you are in a smaller business and HR can make the kinds of connections we want to be making, 
hopefully that stigma doesn't exist. But when you're out at cocktail parties, I think you do hear a lot of people talking about um, how miserable HR departments are. And I think it's, um, it's often when it's a service center. Now, the other piece um, of that answer is if an HR person is all about compliance. And I know we're going to talk about compliance in a little bit, so I won't give that away. But managers and leaders are very frustrated when HR people say, nope, you can't do that. Nope, you can't do that. HR people need to understand the needs of the business. And no, nobody can be non-compliant. But there are ways that you can approach situations. So I do think that's another issue that comes up with HR and people feeling like, I hate HR. Yeah, no, I hear you. I think sometimes, as you mentioned, in that like larger corporate environment, I know having worked at a large company to start my career, we were blessed to have an, an HR person at our office that was very accessible that you developed a relationship with. And it's hard to develop a relationship with someone at times that you're through a call center, or you might get a different person every single time. So you don't really have that rapport, that trusted advisor and building relationships is a critical part, in my opinion, of doing HR like a boss and any, any type of job. Well, you got to connect with people in a way that allows them to feel comfortable and safe to share what's going on, whether it's good or bad or something in between. Right. Absolutely. All right. So speaking of that, we t- we, we're, we're in the business of people. We've got to find the right, the right people to do the right position at the right time, kind of this classic you know, business case for how business is supposed to be done. And I'm curious what that means to you in the simplest way to achieve right people, right position, right time. I think it's a lot about understanding the needs of the business and understanding the interaction between various departments, making sure when you say right people that you have the right people for the right job in that moment. So you said, you know, right time is critical. Somebody may have been a great administrative assistant six years ago, but if they're not keeping up with technology today, then they're not the right person at this time. It doesn't mean they're not a good person. It doesn't mean that they're not valuable to the organization. It just means that you do need to find the right fit for now. And these times um, have changed businesses. Some people are able to work remotely. Some people are not very successful in that model. Some people are willing to take initiative. Some people are not. So I think the whole idea of right person, right place, right time is really about being able to be agile, being able to pivot and understanding that you may love somebody, they might be an amazing employee, but they may not be amazing for what you need for the next 18 months, for example. And so it's critical that HR be that, um, hold those managers accountable for making some of the really hard decisions. And I know I have that conversation with managers all the time. 
I think it's really important in that case to set the expectations that, that the manager has, that their director has, and the employees expected in their role, because it's easy to measure and manage to that. I think sometimes when it's not clear or it's overwhelming, I've got a job description that's got 85 bullets on it. Which ones am I supposed to do first? Like simplifying it down to a good day is measured by these three things. And let's see how you do that on a consistent basis. That way there's not any confusion. That clarity, I think, is really powerful and something HR can drive quite a bit. Absolutely. All right, well, here's the moment I get the great opportunity to say a, a really unique plug to my firm, Willery. I know we are really excited to have you on the show. And I'll give you a, a moment, Lori, to, to, to share with the group about your membership and what you're doing within your organization. So if they want to follow you or join, they can. But I want to thank our sponsor, Willery which has supported the formation and continues to provide resources needed to put on this podcast. Willery's purpose is to empower people and is focused on supporting mid-sized companies with their search and staffing services, along with unique client-side HR technology consulting practice support. So if you're struggling to find talent in your HR and payroll teams, or you're not getting that return on your investment in your HR technology, please visit willery.com to learn more. Do okay? That's perfect. All right. Tell, tell the folks that are listening how to find you, Lori, and what your membership is all about. So if there is a HR department of one listening right now, they might get great value in getting connected with you. Absolutely. Well, one of the things that we've learned is that HR departments of one and other small HR departments are just plain lonely. They don't have resources. They don't have people to bounce ideas off of. They sometimes are starting an initiative from scratch when somebody two blocks away just finished the exact same project. So we formed during COVID um, a membership group where we have different expert speakers like you, John, joined us. We have a Facebook group where people share answers, solutions, documents, and it's all for just $19 a month. It's really to give back to the community, but um, there are expenses in running it. And then many of those people go on to take some of our other online programs. We offer the certification prep course for anyone getting ready for either the SHRM or HRCI certifications. So those are um, some great things. So the name of the company is HR Topics, T-O-P-I-C-S. And that's our website, hrtopics.com. Check it out. Lori's got some great resources, tons of great Speakers, not plugging myself, just I know the lineup that she had before and after me was fantastic. And I'm certainly thankful to have Lori as a friend. And obviously we can add a podcast guest to our, our, our history together. I just have a couple more questions for you, Lori, so that we can uh, get on with our day as it relates to supporting our clients and bringing that amazingly awesome HR. You mentioned previously about how dynamic the business climate is, about the need for HR to bring compliance into an organization, but there's definitely a balance that exists. How, how important is that for an HR professional to have flexibility around that the business issue that then correlates and kind of runs into the face of the compliance that may be important to that HR pro? You know, and one of the things I talk to a lot of people about is that you as an HR professional have to take stock in your ethics in your 
where you want to stand in the place of the law. And you have to give that same thought to the leadership in your organization. And you better make sure that you and your leaders jive. If you are somebody who really believes in a very solid black line and things you just won't cross, but you have a leadership team that maybe is a little more mushy on things, are you really going to work well together? There are so many things in human resources, and I'm going to throw out just an example here of exempt and non-exempt employees. We have, you know, let's say you have 100 employees. I'm going to tell you that 95% of those are pretty clear. They're either exempt or they're non-exempt. But there are a lot of positions that could kind of go either way. And are you willing to adjust the way you write things on a job description? Or are you willing um, to consider someone exempt when maybe you think to the real letter of fact sheet 17A, they don't check enough of those boxes. And I'm not gonna tell you what the right or wrong way to do it is. What I am gonna tell you is, you better be aligned with how your leadership wants it done. And I've met plenty of presidents as a consultant of businesses that want it pristine, letter of the law, I don't want anything questioned. And other business owners who say, I want it done right, but where there's a question, let's err on the side that works for the, the business. Um, now, that doesn't mean you're not offering people FMLA if you have more than 50 employees. Of course, you have to offer people FMLA. But um, I think with compliance, it's important that you really look at the risk and the reward and are able to share that with the leaders of your organization. You know, if we move forward in the direction you want to move forward, here's the risk to the organization. Um, and then making those decisions together as business people. Yeah, no, I, I've heard the word align quite a bit, this connecting and aligning between how leadership sees things and HR's perspective, but you used a word I like better, which is jive. Jive is a way cooler way to say align. I'm going to try, try to use the word jive more than align. It seems like the modern day version of align. Well, and you know, don't take yourselves too seriously with compliance. You know, it's um, a lot of, there are HR people who feel like it is their job to be the rule enforcer. And that's when you get to the earlier statement of, I hate HR. So I encourage you not to be that person as an HR person. I had a previous guest use the word, I don't want to be the principal's office or everybody goes to trouble of a right. business. Exactly. Remember that Remember that principle you once had that seemed like he or she shouldn't have been in this business because they hated kids and right. didn't like chaos, but they just so happened to pick a job of being around kids and chaos all the time. And they were just grumpy and right. never felt good about being in the principal's office. Rarely, rarely did good things come of that. Well, speaking of good things coming of this, I, I do get all my guests out of here on the very last question, which is the same as it's centered around the concept of my book, which we're working on diligently and the, the podcast will continue even while the book is published. But tell me what it means to you 
when you hear the word HR like a boss, describe someone that does that. No, I think it's someone who is an expert in their field, in this case, expert in HR, can set expectations for others, can mentor and coach and bring people along, and is someone who understands the full business scenario, not just have their head in their whatever their area of expertise, but let's say HR like a boss, and understands what's happening in marketing and finance and operations and can really be part of that leadership team that truly makes them a boss in the organization. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lori, for being on the show. Just as a quick recap, a couple of things that stood out to me. You had this initial concept of a passion for people and business, which drove you to get into the to HR, making that pivot from your initial idea of getting into accounting. And you use the word bridging, bridging the gap between the people and the business strategy. I think the business strategy and how, how is HR supporting the business and how they're different, they're better, they provide that competitive advantage. Really understanding a, a true HR professional that is amazingly awesome as we describe someone that does it, HR like a boss, understands the needs of their business. And I also really loved your your align slash jive with leadership. Got to make sure that you're in, you're, you don't have to agree on everything, but you certainly have to have a degree of alignment and be on the same page when it's really important and, and a critical decision to be made. And then also the fact when we're talking about compliance to just, just support your leadership on weighing and becoming educated on the risks and rewards when it comes with making a decision one way or the other. I, I appreciated you not telling them how to do it, but also giving them the authority to make their own choice, but understand the impact of, of one way or the other. Really enjoyed you being on the show. It was great. I love being here chatting with you and I would love to do it again in the future. Thank you for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating or review. And better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. Until next time, let's continue to aspire to do amazingly awesome HR.